the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, it's the Rob Black Podcast. You can hear Rob live every weekday morning from 10 to noon on 910 AM and talk910.com. So a couple um, live blog messages came up supporting what we're talking about today. Um, A couple emails as well, but let's hit a couple of live blog commentaries. And the live blog can be found at talk910.com, talk910.com. And one of the first arguments that I made in the first hour of the show, there's an article out of the L.A. Times that says um, overqualified people are lining up for jobs at amusement parks. And if you've ever been in an amusement park, they're annoying, they're loud, there are a lot of teenagers screaming and flirting with each other. The jobs typically are meant for teenagers and college kids. They're not, you don't have to be super smart to pull a lever. You don't have to be super smart to dress up as goofy and dance around. So anyway, uh, Mad Mike, he comments, if I lost my job, I'd dress up like a banana if I had to and dance around holding a sign on a street corner. I've got two babies, so I'll do whatever it takes. Good stuff. So will you do whatever it takes? Like, for instance, I got an email from someone yesterday who's 55 years old and wants to retire. I'm like, you don't really want to retire until you got that health care benefits, you know, until you have that figured out. Because if you have a heart attack right now and you don't have health care benefits because you're retired... You don't qualify for Medicaid, Medi-Cal until you turn 62. You know, you don't want to do it too early, 59 and a half. You don't want to do it too early. You want to make sure that you have those health care benefits, right? So um, it brings up the question, like, would you work at Home Depot? You work for 55 years as CEO, as program director at Clear Channel. You're a powerful man. Women fawn over you. Men fear you. And you can work at Home Depot handing out flyers to keep the health care benefits? I'd do it. I'd do it for healthcare benefits. I want to dress up as a banana and dance around with a sign. I'd rather commit suicide. That's where I draw my line. That's my suicide job. Uh, Sandra, she comments on the movies that I was talking about. She says, I stopped at nonsense. I sold off all my stuff on eBay after I saw Confessions of a Shopaholic. So we did a movie segment about where you can learn, like, stop buying expensive shoes. You know, that, that story keeps coming up in my head that I don't think any man would ever kick a woman out of bed or out of a relationship if she's wearing high tops. We don't care. We don't care, so you don't have to spend a lot of money to impress us. You don't. So, I don't know, women, stop uh, spending a lot of money to impress us. I don't think a lot of men go out and get designer jeans. What we do is we spend money on dinners and, and that kind of thing. We try to wow you in other ways, and they're both totally wrong. Totally wrong. So, anyway, one last comment comes up uh, here. He says, how could you forget the movie Wall Street? If you're going to come up with a list of 10 movies that have investment lessons, because I thought it was too obvious. I thought it was too obvious, Hero. I didn't want to. Okay, I forgot. So greed is good. I probably should have done that one, but I didn't. I suck. Um, Let's do some news. Let's do some news. Again, I got to set this up. I think the news sucks. I think the news basically is a lot of press release reading that goes on by anchors. So what I do with my news segment is I do the press release reading, and then I tell you what it really means. For instance, in February, the February unemployment rate, it's out. It's making traders at Wall Street happy. 
Fox News senior business correspondent Brenda Booter explains. The February unemployment rate is at 9.7%, and guess what? Wall Street actually likes that. The Dow up 67 points. That's because employers lost fewer jobs than forecast, cutting 36,000 payrolls well below expectations of 50K. Plus, analysts expected the rate to rise to 9.8%. The rate hasn't risen since October, but keep in mind... 14.9 million Americans are still unemployed, nearly double the total when the recession began. Brenda Butner, Fox News Radio. Brenda Butner, as I like to refer to her. I was on one of her shows on Fox once, and um, I got some nice email. It was, I think it was cashing in on Forbes, on Fox. It was on a weekend kind of Fox show. And I got some email, and next time I saw her, I gave it to her because I thought it was sweet. The guy said, I really think Brenda Butner is a good-looking older woman. And I didn't stop and think. I just gave her something that says, you're older. I could say you're a good-looking hot piece of A. No, 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 no. It says good-looking older woman. I was like, whoops. And uh, I felt like a jack monkey, if you know what I'm saying. But anyway, um, jobs. We're not cutting jobs, if, is what she said, but we're not adding them. That's the big thing that, that misses. Jobs are great. Jobs are the blood of our economy. Our economy is working when people have jobs because people spend their paychecks. We live paycheck to paycheck. You know the basic idea here. Now, the Oscars are Sunday. Will you be watching? Fox News Radio's Sabrina Sabha has latest on the expected viewership numbers. Celebrate the biggest entertainment event of the year. Show producers have been promoting the upcoming show like crazy, online, via commercials, and even with print ads and billboards. Hoping to stir up interest with a potential feud between show host Alec Baldwin and Steve Martin. And two unpredictable hosts. Hi, I'm I'm Steve Martin. I'm I'm Steve Martin. Between 1988 and 2002, the Oscar broadcast consistently lured 40 million-plus American viewers. But the 2008 show marked a historic low with only 32 million viewers. Last year, the at-home audience was measured at 36 million. Sabrina Sabah, Fox News Radio. Thanks, Sabrina. Now, this is my take on this story, is that media is so afraid these days. They're pulling out Steve Martin and Alec Baldwin. Can we get anyone else that was more or less relevant in the 90s and 2000s than these two? Steve Martin's done nothing good in 20 years. Nothing Okay, he's a likable dude. I get it. But it really shows you that media is afraid of taking chances. It's the same thing with Jay Leno, Dave Letterman. Conan was a chance. He was risky. He was edgy. Ricky Gervais should be hosting the Academy Awards, in my opinion, because he's now and he's relevant. Sarah Silverman should be doing it because she's now and she's relevant and cutting edge. It'll never, ever, never, ever happen because Hollywood doesn't like a lot of risk. So we got to see the lame Steve Martin yet again dragged out. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Um, Brett Favre. Brett Favre is in the news. An NFL free agency. It opens up this offseason. Another annual offseason question continues to rise. Will Brett Favre be back or will the gunslinger finally retire? Appearing on NBC's Tonight Show with Jay Leno, the Minnesota Vikings quarterback, Brett Favre says he's really not sure what he's going to do. I know now that I'm just not going to say anything anytime soon. I'm just going to kind of sit back, relax, but I haven't made a decision yet. Now, I like Brett Favre. I think he's a good guy. I grew up a Green Bay Packer fan. I grew up overseas, and I like the Yankees, the Packers, um, and I didn't really have a basketball favorite, so I I don't know why I picked those teams. I picked the Yankees in large part because I knew the Yankees had beat the Indians in the the American Indian War thing, kind of. That's what I thought. I'm not quite sure, but back to Brett Favre. This is a big issue. 
Would you retire if you're going to get paid $5 million for running around with a bunch of men for 20 weeks, patting each other on the on the butt and uh, taking showers together? If I'm going to get paid $5 million, I will lick concrete. I will never retire if I'm getting that kind of money. Um, long story short, I don't know. There's a retirement angle there, in my opinion. Let's turn the pages to thousands of teachers across the United States. Students and parents are hitting the street in a national day of action for public education. Fox News Radio's Jessica Rosenthal reports not all is peaceful. Protesters marched all across the country. Many in California marched outside of high schools and university campuses. Here, budget cuts to education have been called drastic, forcing teacher furloughs, higher tuitions, and the turning away of college students. John Hodley is a special ed teacher. Our main priority is, is the students, you know, to make sure that they're taken care of it when we're not, uh, when we're getting cuts coming from the state, it's, you know, real hurtful. At the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, 15 protesters were arrested. At UC Santa Cruz, things got a bit violent. There were reports of a broken car windshield and students with weapons. Officials advised staff and others to stay away. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News Radio. This would be my platform if I were to run for governor and or president, of which I won't. Um, it's education. Education. I hate to sound 1980s. I believe the children are our future. I do believe that. I really believe that. Furloughing teachers means you're taking teachers who will educate our kids. While I'm at work doing what I'm doing, they're at work educating our kids to get jobs. That's not what it's. It's not that obvious, but that's what they do. You you teach a kid how to read. You teach a kid how to write. He he writes emails. He reads reports. He becomes a good income paying citizen. Higher tuitions are out of control. Parents can't afford to send their kids to school anymore. If they can, it's for a year, maybe two years. Students, they're coming out of college with $100,000 in debt. I was talking to one of my interns the other day, and she said, if you don't get above an A-, minus, like you have to be an A, A-plus student now to go and, to get into college. I'm like, stunning. Back in the 80s when I went to college, eh, a good C would get you into any mid, mid-state university. A good, you know, a high C. You know, you could get into, like, Radford and, like, crappy colleges with a, a D-plus low C. Like, there was—and you could always transfer. Those days are over. It's competitive now. Now, students being turned down, that's sad because we don't have enough teachers to teach them. Everyone, everyone needs an education. No education equals low-paying jobs. I'm not, you know, going to talk about teachers' unions. I'm not going to talk about all that kind of stuff. But Prop 13 is bad in California. It is bad in California, and it's it's been proven that it's shifted dollars away from education, and it's very problematic, and uh, we have no future. We have no future if we don't fix our educational system in the United States. It's the Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. Get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. More stimulating talk. Four seconds of penalty timer ticking off on the clock. One more rush. Here's Getzlaff. Lead for Scott Niedermeyer. Breaks in. Penalty is over. A centering attempt just got blocked. And the Sharks have a two-on-one mini one. Here's Heatley out of the box. Has Thornton moving in. Gives him the play. Break away. Thornton shoots. Scores! Joe Thornton, his first of the year. Great setup from Danny Heatley. And the Sharks have a 3 nothing lead. It's good to be a Friday because, again, I get to speak with my friend Dan Rusnowski. He's the voice of the San Jose Sharks on 98.5. Anytime there's a game on, turn on the radio and listen to a magical broadcast come out of his mouth. Dan, you just got back from the Olympics. The the season's going again. We're plowing towards the playoffs. But let's give the Olympics their due and talk about that tournament. 
Well, I think the, the Olympics were fantastic in so many different ways, so many different levels. First of all, it, it was on Canadian soil, and so for the Canadian people that are listening in and they're celebrating still, this is one of the great seminal moments in the history of Canadian hockey, really. Um, the people will remember where they were when Sidney Crosby scored that goal for this generation, just as much as they did 30-plus years ago when Paul Henderson had that, that legendary goal against uh, the Russian team in the, in the Super Series. But this was for an Olympic gold medal, so that's something that's a little bit more important. On the other side of the ice, Joe Pavelski, for instance, from the San Jose Sharks, almost won the game for the U.S. just before Crosby scored that game-winning goal. And so uh, the United States team, people like Zach Parisi and Jamie Langenbrunner and Joe Pavelski, certainly, Ryan Miller, the goaltender, they were fantastic and did their country proud. So if you're an American fan and if you're looking toward the development of the sport in this country, I, I, I just couldn't think of a better stage for it to happen. It seems like we definitely took a step forward as the United States, but we almost took two steps forward. And I almost wish we could reverse the the win that we had against Canada in the first round versus the loss that we had in the second round, but we just can't do it. Well, you can't do it, but you have to remember, that was the first victory for the United States against Team Canada in the Olympics since 1960, 50 years ago, when the U.S. team won the gold medal in Squaw Valley in the first real hockey miracle in U.S. history. And, you know, it's funny, when you look back at that, they were wearing the uniforms of the 1960 team that day, um, playing Canada again in the Olympic final game. It was a tie game, let's face it, and uh, you have to hold your heads high if you're a U.S. fan. Now, the Olympics were sweet for Danny Heatley, Patrick Marlowe, Dan Boyle, Joe Thornton. They're Canadian. They're, they're dominant players on the San Jose Sharks. They're, thus, it was sweet for San Jose. We got to see our team well represented. But not so much for the Russians. Uh, Nabokov and Ovechkin, they seem to be a little bitter coming back from the Olympics. Um, could, it, could the Olympics hurt them because they're, they're still trying to justify a poor place? I think the exact opposite is going to happen. Okay. I think that the Olympics are going to be incredibly motivating for them, especially given the fact that the two players you mentioned, Ovechkin for the Capitals in Washington and, of course, Nabokov for the Sharks, are very proud men. And this means a lot to them. It's the honor of their country, first of all. And it's not that they dishonored their country. They just didn't win. And so now they want to prove it and certainly do that within the scope of their career in the NHL. So from the Bokoff's perspective, I'm excited about what that means because I think he'll be incredibly motivated to say that nothing that, uh, that occurs for the rest of the season will be enough except for winning a Stanley Cup championship. So I think you can turn that negative into a positive. But uh, in the immediacy of it, I, I think there is a lot of disappointment. And probably what the Russians are feeling is very similar to what the Canadian people would have been feeling had the United States won that gold medal game and had Joe Pavelski perhaps scored that goal instead of having him come back the other way. And it's really a, a fine line between total success and total failure when you have expectations like that. And people have to understand that in, in Russia, they expect to win the gold just as much as the Canadian people do. I was watching a little television hockey a couple of days ago, and when Ryan Miller, the U.S. goaltender, uh, was in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh fans gave him a louder ovation than they gave Crosby, uh, who's a, who plays for Pittsburgh. Uh, how has it been in San Jose for the Thorntons, the Heatleys, the Marlows? Oh, I think it's been great, and I think that there's a tremendous relationship between Sharks fans and their players, as you know. But, but I think that there probably is a slight... 
uh, shall we say, decibel raise for Joe Pavelski when he first came on the ice. And it has nothing to do with disrespecting any other guys. It has to do with the fact that the vast majority of the people in the stands are Americans, and they're proud of their country, and they, they really were proud of what uh, the U.S. team did. And so it wasn't a slight on the Canadian guys. They cheered for them just as loudly, and it was a wonderful uh, little video presentation that were, was on the big board that showed all the guys wearing their medals, and everybody was being cheered as the camera went by, and Joe Pavelski got that little extra um, at a boy from the crowd, which I thought was special. Good, good stuff. I'm speaking with Dan Risnowski, the voice of the San Jose Sharks. In 2000, and oh, good God, where are we now? 2014, the Winter Olympics are going to be in Sochi, Russia. Will the NHL send players again, or is it just too far of a trip and just not enough marketability in the middle of the night? It's too far ahead to decide whether or not that's going to happen. My answer to it is I hope they do go because I think that the benefits just outweigh the hazards, although there are some risks that the league takes, and there are discussions just about what they bring to the Olympic tournament. So it wouldn't surprise me either way. They have a couple of other things going on, too, since they're going to be in Russia, in Sochi. The the, uh, Russian Hockey Federation does not have a transfer agreement currently with the NHL, and there's been a, a big dispute over that. I think I would hope that that would be solved before NHL players can come. And then you have the issue of exposure that you talked about, uh, the idea that uh, the hockey tournament needs to get better coverage, even than it got on television in prime time, so that uh, the people of the United States especially, but also in Canada, can see the games when they're home and also see them live if they want, using their DVR and all the other great technologies we'd like to talk about on this show. But I have to say that um, that's one of the concerns. And the third one, of course, is shutting the season down. It'll probably make you shut the season down longer, actually, um, than you normally would like. For instance, the Detroit Red Wings and Colorado Avalanche played you know, the night after the Olympics, effectively. Um, that can't happen when you're you know, 11 hours ahead, I think it is, in time zones. So that's an issue, too, and that's something that, that you have to decide. Um, it could go either way. Um, you know, a lot of people have said, you know, could they put the, uh, the Olympic hockey tournament in the summer games? That would solve everything from an NHL perspective, but it really doesn't make sense from um, uh, from the Olympic people's point of view. So there's a lot a lot of things at stake, including the amount of money that the Olympic Committee makes from selling tickets to the games. It's the, one of the largest gate uh, box office things when the NHL teams are in it. So that's an issue as well. Dan, were you disappointed with NBC? Because I was. They didn't put any of the games in prime time until the final one. They didn't really highlight it on NBC. They hid some of the games on MSNBC and CNBC. And I think the the hockey deserves better. Well, I do, too, and I think that's the issue I was kind of hinting at. Um, From my perspective, I get USA Network, and I get MSNBC, and I get CNBC, and that's where the games were mostly. So it didn't bother me as much because I knew where to find it. But but the fact of the matter is is that when you do shut down your season and you have all that money at stake, you want to get the maximum exposure, which, of course, is on the big network. And I think that... I think that hockey should have gotten better coverage in that, and I think it should have been live and not tape delayed. But uh, that's a decision that each network has to make, and I think that that's a point of negotiation from the National Hockey League's perspective. Now, the season's back on, and we're marching towards the playoffs. Our first game back is the Sharks. Maybe a little bit flat. Second game, we were there in intensity. What's your review of where we are? 
Well, I think that the second game back was way better than the first, and that's to be expected. You know, there were some good things that happened in the Devils game. Um, the bad thing, of course, was the Sharks were down 4 nothing, but um, they came roaring back in the third period, and that's when the Devils had a, a bit of a lull. Last game against Montreal had everything. It had excitement. It had drama. It had controversy, too, with the, the hit that Maxime Lapierre executed on Scott Nickel, injuring him. Uh, good to see Scotty at practice today. Uh, he's not on the ice, but at least he doesn't appear to be seriously hurt. So let's hope that uh, that as they continue to diagnose that, that he's not out for too long. But, um, you know, when you hit somebody from behind on a breakaway after they shoot the puck and they hit the boards kind of dangerously, that's, that's not a good thing. And I'm hoping that the NHL adjudicates that uh, sometime today or tomorrow and uh, disciplines LaPierre, but we'll see if they do that. Um, so the game had a bit of everything. Nabokov played better in goal. There was more consistency in both ends of the rink for the Sharks, and they stuck with the program and continued to press. And, hey, the Canadians are a pretty good team, and they're in a dogfight to make the playoffs. They're a very fast, quick-reacting team, so it was almost a playoff-like atmosphere in a certain sense, at least as close as you can get to that for a regular season game, because the Canadians really don't come here that often, only every couple of years at, at, at the minimum. So it was a special night for everybody. I'm turning into a glass-half-empty guy, Dan. I'm a little nervous the Sharks don't have a third and fourth line that can score in the playoffs, which I think you need in order to get through a two-month-long tournament. They got Heatley. They got Pavelski. I love them. But I'm a little bit nervous. Can you convince me otherwise? Yeah, I think you should feel a lot better about this team this year in that area than than you did last year when they were way, way ahead of everybody else for most of the season in first place. And it's because of people like Nickel and Ortmeier. They score big goals at big times. Last night, game-winning goal was scored by Manny Malhotra. Who set it up? Tori Mitchell. These are guys that are starting to just click in offensively and make things happen at big times in games. And it's nice to see Mitchell getting back to health and feeling good about himself too. That, to me, is, is a very valuable component. Jamie McGinn, also on the team, is somebody that's getting more experience, and he's got speed and he's got grit and grime on it in his game, and I think those things produce goals in the playoffs, so I wouldn't worry as much just yet. Now, with that said, I want to share an email with you that I got yesterday. I've been asking people, Dan, to critique the show and give me points of improvement, and uh, they're pretty honest, and they come up to Dan Rusnowski and they say, at first, I didn't get it. Uh, financial show, why have Dan on? Never been a hockey fan for no reason. Just didn't wa- bother watching it. Joe, you got your name wrong. So it should say, Dan makes me want to get tickets to the Sharks and take my seven-year-old son to the games. I'll even watch it on TV now. So you're doing good work, Dan. You're, getting, you're recruiting hockey fans. Well, that's an honor to, to hear that. But but also, it's, it's an important business in this area, too. So if you're thinking about financial advice and understanding um, you know, the, the entire picture of the economy, you certainly have to, uh, to get involved in the entertainment and sports world, too. Thanks very much, Dan. Thank you. Good luck, and uh, we'll talk to you next Friday at this time and get another update on the San Jose Sharks. You can listen to Dan Rusnowski. He's got a great voice. He's incredibly excitable. When you listen, your heartbeat goes a little bit faster. 98.5 FM, Dan Rusnowski, game day coverage, uh, play-by-play. Just top-notch fellow, top-notch voice. Um, I'm envious of his job on so many levels. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on this show, The Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. Black Show. I'm Rob Black. It's Friday. 
which probably means you're going to be hearing a little Aloha Friday coming up in the next 25 minutes, as we're cliche, and uh, I enjoy my weekends. Let's go to Vincent in Sonoma. Vincent? Oh, Robert, hi. Happy Friday to you. Um, hey, thanks for having uh, Dan on. Dan's his name of the hockey guy, right? Because it, it is piquing my interest, too, in, in hockey. I'm going to make it a point to turn to, uh, is it 98.5 FM for the hockey games? Yeah, and if you you don't have to do it during the regular season. You will fall in love with hockey in the postseason. It is yeah. the greatest postseason tournament in the nation. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm disappointed, though, that I can't find hockey on TV without paying for it. Yeah, that, that's a little bit of a problem. That is yeah. problematic, to say the least. But Dan, uh, Dan has a charismatic voice and personality, and I think it'd be very entertaining to listen to him anyway. I hear you. Um, one other thing I, about women's shoes is the... Um, I think women buy shoes for each other more than men. I, I agree, and I think I've made that point. I must have missed it. Sorry no, no, no. So, uh, one other thing, Mom. Can I... Um, how about you? What sort of shoes do you buy? Do you buy shoes uh, to impress women, or do you buy shoes for function? <laughs> no, I function. Totally function. I, I haven't bought a new pair of shoes in 10 years. I, I'm too cheap. You haven't bought shoes in 10 years? Yeah, I kid you not. That's, that's almost impossible. Yeah, no, uh, uh, work boots, I bought work boots a couple okay. times in the last 10 years. But, okay, uh, well, that counts. Other than that, no. Um, my brother is running for uh, Congress. Really? United States Congress, 1st District, California. I was wondering if you mind if I plugged his uh, his campaign website. Plug him. Go ahead. Uh, thank you. Uh, DupreeForCongress2010.com. That's D-U-P-R-E. Have, have your brother come in studio. Um, have him uh, hook up with us, and uh, I'll ask him oh, about what it's what it's like running for Congress because I've got no clue. I will. Yeah, it's an exciting process. I'm part of the campaign myself, help, you know, volunteering, and uh, it's a, it's an exciting process. So I'll uh, definitely talk to him about that. Is your brother a Republican, Democrat, Independent? Uh, conservative, uh, constitutional Republican. Okay. Um, has your brother ever been in jail? He's never been in jail. You know, there's a difference between prison and jail. Uh, neither one, never been arrested. I've never been in prison. I won't answer the question, have I ever been in jail? I, I can I can tell you jail sucks. I, I take the fifth. <laughs> I spent one day in jail, and that's more than I uh, care to. Okay. So, well, thanks for the call, Vincent. Have a good weekend, Rob. Absolutely. 800-345-5639. Let's go to Emil in Brisbane. Emil is a regular caller of the show. He's got a little bit of an accent that's... Uh, slightly gives him away. Emil, how are you? Mr. Ambassador, I wanted to thank you and Heidi for the uh, free tickets to uh, Brooklyn's Finest. Mod on, it brought back uh, the life in the underworld, the fast dollars and the the slow quarters. Very nice. (laughs) Now, you used to work in the underworld, but you were on the side of good, not evil. Uh, Thank you for making the distinction. Yeah, 14 years uh, UCA, undercover agent, out of my 20s. So uh, it uh, it was a great life. And uh, going to that movie brought it all back. So, Emil, how much is the underworld? How much? Tell me, like, how much do I have to fear? I'm just a white guy. I live in a house with a white picket fence. I, I go to work. I'm a happy, easy go, lucky guy. On occasion, I'll, I'll partake in some, you know, some um, how shall we say, uh, antisocial or not antisocial, some uh, non-constitutional things, but not too often. I don't go too crazy too often. Uh, enjoy my gambling when I go to Vegas once a year. Enjoy my gambling when I go to Reno once a year. But I'm not too crazy. But how how underworld shady is it out there? Well, here in California, it's 
it's relatively mild. But you know, you used to, you and I used to hang out uh, within the Beltway, and and those areas, those nightclubs, the Spy Club, the Bug Club, all those night spots where the ladies were. Then you had a lot of the criminal element. They were going there for a good time and to to spend a lot of that hard-earned money that that we made in the underworld. I mean, you're making $700,000 a day. You got to get out there, shake it and bake it, and you got to spread it around. But maybe in Vegas, you got the wrong element here and there. You go to Pieros, that's the last mob hangout out there in Vegas. Good restaurant. A lot of the, uh, the mustache peats still go there, but they're mild. They're older now. But here in California, Rob, the way you and I roll, nah. If we eliminated sports book, or no, if we constitutionalized, if we legalized betting on sports in the United States, and if we legalized marijuana, what would it what what effects would it have on our society, and what effects would it have on the quote unquote mob underworld? Um, the mob, the uh, marijuana. Let's just look at marijuana. All we would have is is an underclass, more of them, more mummies uh, walking around, but. Nah, the underworld is is not. You're thinking uh, old school. Exactly, yeah. it's a different world now. It's extremely sophisticated. Yeah, you got the the arm breakers and the leg breakers, but they're you don't get involved with them until it's time to die, and the bullet's got your name on it. But you and I, you know, we're not in that league anymore. We're, we're out of that area of the country: Detroit, New York, Chicago. Uh, L.A. is pretty tame. You go to Miami, you got to watch yourself. I'd like to see uh, uh, sports betting legalized in the United States because I know everyone does it. So thanks for the call, Emil. Let's go to Benny in Dublin. Benny, how are you? Uh, doing good, Rob. Thanks for taking my call today. Uh, you got to bear with me, man. I just hit 30 uh, today. So. Okay, congratulations. Uh, thank you. Uh, just want to know if I'm saving, uh, investing in enough uh Got 23 and a 401 cam, just a Home Depot guy, uh, attend a community college, about, do about 30 a year. Uh, got 23 and a 401 k, 13 in the Roth, and another 20 in savings, uh, putting 200 a month to the Roth and getting the uh, company match 6% uh, over at the Home Depot. Uh, just want to know if I'm doing enough and if I need to scale back and I can say that I do like a good sneaker. Uh, today is my birthday, so I think I'm going to indulge in uh, a good sneaker. You got about $56,000, Benny. I think you're doing great for your age. Your income, I'd like to see you work on that. $30,000 a year in income is not a lot, for, especially for the California area. Um, I would say maybe some night school action, maybe some weekend school action. I would look around. I mean, you may have better skills than you think you do. Um, but yeah, the, the only thing that's going to hurt you in your future is, is your income is very, very low for California. Uh, but you've done a great job saving for the age of 30. You're ahead of most of your peers, so to speak. Yeah. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, one last thing, uh, I heard you talking about the, uh, Manolo Blahniks and, sure. uh, really, really want a, a pair of, uh, I know you're not going to like this Salvatore Ferragamo. Okay. Uh, five ninety is the sticker price. My birthday. I'm thirty. I'm you know a full grown man. You're not expecting your you're not expecting me to get you shoes, are you? No, 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 no. Okay. I'll buy them myself. But you really want to buy a six hundred? You want to buy a six hundred? Keeping keep in mind, I didn't spend uh, eight thousand on a 
on a uh, Rolex this past Christmas also. So You must be doing something illegal because you can't be making $30,000 a year and spending $600 no, on shoes. No, no, no. I, uh, I actually worked two jobs for, for a while. I was okay. doing uh, about 45, uh, about three years straight. It's so okay. uh, a lot of money for bling, my friend. So Is it? Yeah, I want to buy a $600 pair of shoes, but that's me. So again, and I, I think I'm on the frugal side. I'd rather go on a six thousand dollar vacation than buy six hundred dollar pair of shoes. Thanks for the call, though, Benny. Eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get your calls in there. It's the Rob Black Show. It's nine ten a.m. More stimulating talk. Eight hundred three four five fifty six thirty nine. Anniversary show on 910 KNEW listener event, super spectacular, spectacular. Coming up March 25th, it's a Thursday. It's going to be from 5.30 to 7.30. The day seems a little peculiar to do it at a basically a pub because there's going to be a lot of people there who are going, who the hell is he? <laughs> That's okay. We're going to be bringing uh, prizes. So Geeks on Call is giving us a 21-inch monitor to give away. Excited about that. We're also going to be giving a, a prize of co-hosting the show for an hour. That's an odd prize, but someone's going to win it. I'm going to invite some of the, the listeners that you hear on the show, like John, Charlie Crackler and uh, some of the callers, uh, Gamer Girl, Jacqueline Bennett, others. So your chance to meet a real weather girl. Woo! That's exciting. More importantly, you get to meet Heidi, the producer. Maybe she'll bring her ugly dog. Heidi's one of those people that buys ugly dogs because she doesn't want to have ugly children. So she buys ugly dogs uh, in lieu of ugly children. So anyway, um, Thursday, March 25th, coming to O'Neill's Irish Pub. More information soon. Some headlines that are out there today that just, I don't get it. I mean, I just don't get where we're going as a society. New Jersey Transit, they're proposing raising fares by 25%. They got this huge $300 million budget deficit. Changes would take effect on May 1. It would raise $140 million in revenue. Um, the agency is also going to have to cut jobs and trim salaries to cope with declining ridership and less aid. So Governor Chris Christie, a Republican who took office on January 19th, said that he's cutting New Jersey's transit annual subsidy by 11%. So the government's saying we're backing out as much as they can. A 25% increase would basically mean on a monthly train fare... Monthly train fare is about $331, so it's going to jump, you know, another $109 roughly. Um, That's crazy. It's expensive, and I don't think that's the solution. I think a big problem in America is we don't cut administrators. We don't cut back on service. We just say, pass it on. Here you go, consumer. You fix it for us. More often than not, and now we hear it in California, BART. You know, the the guy who's working at a BART station, who's working in an information booth, making six figures because they've been there a long time, that's unfricking real I'm sorry, but the guy who's working at Home Depot makes 30K, and they're busting their ass. Someone who's sitting in an air-conditioned booth saying, take the yellow train, the yellow, the yellow train, take the yellow train. And you're like, What? Uh, I, that's not a six figure job in America and we've made it one because it's got a union that's wrong. And I am sorry. That's where I, I, I cross paths with unions. I think the two unions that we really need in America 
are tied towards firefighters and police, people who have 24-hour day jobs, seven days a week. And I think we need unions for teachers. Not wildly popular of me at times, I know. But I think teachers, uh, they mean too much to our society not to uh, help protect them and make sure that they get proper benefits. And trust me, teachers come out of college making 30 k You're lucky if you're a teacher making 60 k when you quit, all things said and done. If you don't go into administration, that's, that's where you max out. I mean, you're not seeing six-figure teachers sitting in a booth, you know, uh, guiding traffic at the schools. Anyway, I just think this, this, this sickness that we have of pass it on to the consumer, people can't afford that. Now, Shutterfly. Do you remember many, 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 many years ago? Back in the 1990s when digital cameras started really taking off and we found that printing digital photos in our house sucked. The quality was awful. The printers were awful. It was expensive. It, it's gotten okay now. But, you know, I still prefer going to Shutterfly. So Shutterfly gets... Uh, a little bit of a, a review today in the Investor's Business Daily. And if you take a look at the stock in the last couple of years, it's gone from a high of 35 to, whoa, $6. And from 6 bucks up to 20 bucks. And whether you're the consummate shutterbug, shutterbug for digital prints or not, an e-commerce company, they specialize in digital photo products and services for the consumer and professional photography. Now, they do traditional 4-inch by 6-inch prints. They offer ranging things from wallet size, jumbo and large mints, Mugs, books, calendars, magnets, T-shirts. Um, so it's kind of cool. You get the basic idea of digital photography. And digital photography is you know, here to stay. I want less in my home. I'm going to be honest with you. I want less cables. I want less power devices. I want less clutter. So to me, a Shutterbug solution where I print it, plug it in my computer, and I order five of them, that's the best one possible. Now, revenue for Shutterbug's gone from 180 million to 213 to 246 million dollars. When you take a look at the profitability of the company, their profit margins they used to be higher at five percent. Now they're down to two percent, so they're not wildly profitable. But their income's gone from 16 million to six million to nine and a half million. So they fell in income, and during that period of time, their margins fell as well. Americans are a little bit more frugal, but they get a little bit of a profile. The stock's sitting at a 52-week high. They now work at Target stores from their California base. They're utilizing the two state-of-the-art manufacturing plants in Arizona and North Carolina. Shutterfly makes prints and much, much more. The more part is where they make their big money. They make it in photo books and cards and calendars and stationery, and it's growing faster, and it has higher margins than just taking a picture, printing it, and sending it to you. So they're, they're the online leader. I'm not telling you to buy them. I'm just saying, hey, look, ladies and gentlemen, that's an online leader. Now, I did some interesting work this morning on DRAM and solid-state drives. My next computer that I make, I like making my own computers, it's going to have a solid-state drive in it. It's going to have, like, your cell phone. It's like your your camera, where it stores the pictures and it can draw them up instantly. It doesn't have to, you know, just fire up the hard drive. Solid-state drives are the future. But there's a company called Apple who's kind of screwing it all up. If you want to get a phone call in, in the last five minutes of the show and just say bon voyage, Rob. Bon voyage, Robert. You can. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639. So Apple's kind of ruining this whole solid state drive because they dominate it. So they've enjoyed massive success with iPods and iPhones. Now the recently announced iPad, which is coming out in just a couple of weeks, it's going to be a significant market for what's called Nando Flash in A&D. 
And the sources are out there are saying basically Apple gets about a third of all the flash me- memory that's made. And that could tighten as the success of the iPod, iPad, or the failure of the iPad plays out. The cost of flash has been a major factor, and it's been incredibly slow in driving the adoption of solid state drives. It's more expensive than DRAM. For instance, DRAM, you can get one gigabyte of DDR2 for about two bucks and 41 cents right now. You can get one gigabyte or one gigabyte of DDR3 memory at about 267. But when you start taking a look at the 16 gigabyte of solid state drive and 32 gigabyte of Nando Flash, it's 389 for 16 gigabyte and seven bucks for 32. Now, that's fine. That's good. These are good numbers. Um, overall, the pricing right now, it's too much of it's going in the hands of Apple. And it, it's really not getting into other products as much, and that's really not driving down the prices at this point in time. So that's worthy of note. Now let's talk about two. Well, I think we, yeah, let's, yeah, I could I could squeeze this in. Let's talk about two video game companies: Electronic Arts and Activision. Electronic Arts and Activision both had awful years last year, and both are poised to have better years this year. Significant rebound. And when you have a significant rebound, Wall Street digs you. They like you. Software sales growth should turn positive in March and should have some pretty easy comparisons into summer and into fall and into winter. Now, the Nintendo's DS2 coming out. That's new hardware. Microsoft's got the new Natal, which is this really cool motion-sensitive technology. It's kind of their answer to the Wii, but on crack cocaine or on steroids. Sony's got their motion controllers coming out. So this is good, and it could benefit Activision and Electronic Arts, as well as Ubisoft. But I think Electronic Arts has some upside. They have a lot of problems right now, but they're looking better. Now, Activision, on the other hand, they've had a pretty sweet year. Their Call of Duty format franchise has been rocking and rolling. So it's they're going to try to get more extensions, and really, Activision is another company. And that other company would be basically blizzard now 10 years ago there was a game called starcraft maybe eight years maybe 12 i don't know but starcraft was wildly popular and blizzard is is known for their world of warcraft which consumes many young people's lives um so the success or failure activision has done their part it's a company that has two company names activision blizzard activision blizzard so it's it's up to blizzard if they get that starcraft released and it's as dominant as people think it's going to be if they get some new weapon maps and uh, upgrade things going for call of duty franchise modern warfare 2 they can have a little upside i think the easier upside is going to be in electronic arts i really do because they had a rotten year last year whereas activision just had a bad year last year anyway it's the end of the week for me it's the end of the show for me to get your calls in there if you want to wait all weekend long it's 800 345-5639. If you want to wait all weekend, we'll put you on hold. That's fine. I don't suggest it. You can find me online at robblack.com, robblack.com. It's R-O-B-B-L-A-C-K.com. Thanks so much for listening this week. It's been a fun week. It's been a good week. I'm li- looking for feedback on what you want in the show in the future, what sort of content, what sort of features. Send it to rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com, 910 a.m. More stimulating talk.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.